0: FOREVER! DOG! I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brink I used to want to be a real man Each other's dreams I know you ain't sleeping well What's up 3Bs, what's up Diamond Dogs It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this here podcast Three Swings, which is a podcast about baseball But also other things I just realized that that rhymes I hope everybody's doing good It's Friday morning, which means baseball did happen yesterday But Wednesday... There was no baseball, which was odd. I was at a place in my life where I was like, oh, I need a, I am burnt out on baseball. Even though, as I said that, I was like, but the playoffs are happening. So, but that one day reminded me of what's going to happen very soon, which is there's going to be no men's baseball happening. And all we will be left with is men's basketball and men's football. So, I'm preparing myself to dig deeper. And uh, watch some other sports. Which reminds me, I want to say congratulations to basketball champions, the Washington Mystics. Something's going on in Washington. Good, finally. Something good is finally going on in Washington. Um, And the Mystics are champions. Congratulations. Shout out to uh, Della Donna, who played with three herniated discs, which it pains me, no pun intended, to congratulate someone playing through serious injury because I wish that didn't have to happen. And, uh, it always worries me that they're gonna be, uh, you know, injured for life doing things like that. And she probably will be, but also, like, hey, anytime people are like, women aren't da-da-da, whatever, um, just remember Della Donna, who played with three herniated discs and a broken face. Um... And she didn't even win the MVP. So, look, you do what you can for your team. Um, what's been going on with me, you ask? I, let's see, what, oh, what I did want to talk about up top, and then we'll go to commercial, and then we'll do a little recap of the four teams that continue to play in men's baseball right now. Um, I was sort of making jokes. It's been interesting lately because I've been trying to spend less time on the internet and also less time putting things out on the internet um, because like it's not a job and I can just promote things and I don't have to be on there and like, boy, oh boy, whenever I am on there, I just feel it get into my body, all this bad news and all this drama that they that they you know want us to participate in, um, and then I start participating, and I'm like, why am I working for free? You know, um, it just isn't. It that just isn't it. But uh, I <laughs> tried to make a joke on Instagram, and some of it was true. About uh, there was like a post on Bleacher Report about um, Dodgers say. Dave Roberts return will return as manager next year, and then I just reposted it saying Rhea Butcher will not return as a fan, and I was taking the wording and you know putting my own thing into it, and of course you know people take it very literally, and also like I kind of mean it, <laughs> you know I uh and it's not I'm not like whatever I mean you can also judge me as much as you want I don't care. Um, something that's been great about the experience of like deciding not to be like super publicly a fan of a team, a particular team, I I've gained a lot of empathy empathy for people who don't have a team or who aren't what you know. There was like a video going around about like people uh celebrating the Nationals uh winning the pennant for the first time since 1933, um. And we'll get into that of a guy that I'm asking, like, how long have you been a fan? And he was like, since yesterday. And like, I don't judge that guy because my own experience has been like a long time coming of like fandom. And and anybody that's like listened to this show for a while knows that I've gone around a bunch of different teams. And like, does that mean I'm less of a fan of the sport of baseball? I don't think so, because I know what my experience of it is. Other people on the outside want to judge that, and that's okay. I guess what I realize is it speaks more to them than it does to me. And um, it's not that I don't care. You know, like, I'll listen to criticism. Um, But I don't know what it, what do you want me to do? Remain a fan of a team that I I don't want to remain a fan? And and am I not a Dodger fan? No, I'm not not a Dodger. I'm just not, like, going to wear the shit around. Because I just, like, I can't. I went to that game. It was a crazy experience. I was a reluctant fan to begin with. I fell in love with a particular team, and I just can't do it with Dave Roberts anymore. They fired Rick Honeycutt. I don't know. You know, I just don't know. Maybe that's the right move, but I just can't do it. And, like, to me, it's very freeing to just be like, you know what? Whatever, man. I just like baseball. I like particular players. I like the Dodgers. I might wear Dodger stuff every now and then, but it's just like, it's not, that's not it anymore for me. I, I, my original team is one that like, it's, it's literally problematic for me to root for them, to like regularly wear their shit, to promote them on social media, to be, it's just literally problematic. And am I, you know, buckling to the, no, I'm making my own decision how I feel? Do I watch Cleveland games every now and then? Yeah. Do I root for them in some capacity? Sometimes. Am I rooting for racism? No. But but is my rooting for them partially rooting for that? Yes. And so that's a a thing, a day by day thing that I have to to reckon with. And I mean, I would also say it like. I'm grateful for Cleveland being my team because it has forced me to look at those things because I look at those things because I think about those things. And those things mean you know, racism and problematic things in a, in a team structure and a name. And you know what? I There are things that I know about the Dodger clubhouse from a uh, guest of the show, Nick Francona, and from a uh, an article on Sports Illustrated that I'm just like, you know what? The time has come. I can't look away from this anymore. I can't look away from this anymore. And and what is worse? A team having a mascot that's very brazenly racist or a team having com- evicted an entire, like, ethnicity, essentially, of people from their homes. And then every time you go to the game, you're participating in that. I don't know. They're kind of both bad. So I didn't really want to get off on, like, a bad, uh, you know, this sort of part of it, but I can't I can't really address it. I can't really talk about this without addressing it. But I, I posted that photo. I've since archived it because it was just annoying to see there was a person that was like troll kind of I guess trolling me. I don't know what they thought they were doing. Um and like they said these like kind of rude things to me, and like it was a good reminder that like people are just people, I'm just a person. Uh, it's okay for people to not like my podcast. I just don't understand what somebody wants in that moment when they're on my Instagram telling me what's wrong with me. I don't really know what they want, you know? Like they're like, "Oh, I see that you're not you're a Fairweather fan, and now you won't play favorites." And like, yeah, that's kind of a cool thing. I'm not going to play favorites on my podcast anymore. I I didn't like doing it before, and I don't want to do it now. And the great thing is with this postseason. I literally do not have a dog in the fight. And so I can actually just talk about it as a fan of baseball. Um, and that's like liberating truly. Uh, so, you know, I'm just doing what I can do on a daily basis. And if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. And if you don't like me, you don't have to participate in my social media. Not quite sure why you want to, um, and i mean i guess it it uh that person has made me realize like who are you participating with that isn't you know like um part of like the government or whatever that you don't like like maybe just don't do that you <laughs> maybe don't do that yourself and then don't complain about other people doing it you know um so that that was the lesson there and uh Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's going to be some Ebbets, it's going to be some other teams, it's going to be some minor league teams, which I understand have affiliations with major league teams, but that's okay. My Fort Wayne Tin Caps, my Fort Wayne Wizards hat is one of my favorite hats given to me by good pal, friend of the show, Goodrich Gavart. And uh, I found one of my old Mavericks hats that I thought didn't fit me, but it does fit me. And it's also a great opportunity to just thin out all my shit. So I'm going to do that, and uh, we're going to take a quick break to listen to one of the sponsors of the show. And look, I know you probably are ready to hit that 30-second skip button, but if I could ask you to listen to the ad and consider buying whatever it is that (laughs) is advertising, it would really help the show out a lot and continue uh, people buying ads on our show. Um, and that keeps the show running, so I would appreciate that very much. But also, you don't have to. Just a suggestion. We'll be back right after this with a recap of what's going on the last couple of games in men's baseball. What a great ad, right? It was fun to listen to it. I appreciate you listening to it if you did. Um, yeah. NLCS recap. Let's do that one first because it happened. The Washington Nationals sweep the St. Louis Cardinals four to nothing. Who had Washington Nationals sweeping anybody on their <laughs> like postseason recap? I-, I sure as hell didn't. Um, I mean I sure as hell was not totally looking at the Nationals, but also not really discounting them. And I don't know that I did it very much justice on this podcast, so I don't want to try to retroactively go, well, I knew that the whole time. Like, I didn't count them out, but I also didn't think they were going to do what they're doing. Um, And what they're doing is playing some great baseball. Uh, I watched the game four of the NLCS and... Wow. Seven runs in one inning. I would say not 80% of that was the Nationals playing great, small capital B baseball. And 20% of that was the Cardinals seemingly giving up. I don't... I, I, very strange to me. Very strange inning. And again, like I said, uh, if you're going to be down by seven, the first inning is the best time for that to happen. Um, but the Nationals pitchers... Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer and Annabelle Sanchez dominated the first three games, accounting for zero earned runs between them. The Cardinals only scored six total runs across four games, and four of those runs were in game four. Uh, Four of those games were in game four. (laughs) I also think, how many of the runs, I don't think this with this stat is in there, but um, the Nationals were up seven to nothing in the first inning. And I, how many of those runs were on two outs? I think, and we'll get to the ALCS after this and predictions and everything. I, it seems to me that it, the Nationals will be playing the Astros. And I don't look, I, I will be... I Like I said, I don't have a dog in the fight in terms of like a team that I've been pulling for for a long time. I will say that I have been pulling for Sean Doolittle for a long time, for a bunch of years. And given that information, I'm absolutely rooting for the Washington Nationals, regardless of who they play. But it does seem like they're playing the Astros. Um, and I will be rooting for the nationals because a Sean Doolittle B I like the kind of baseball they're playing and three (laughs) I'm just enjoying what they're doing and uh, playing this kind of baseball not giving up with two outs is probably the only way that they could beat the Astros Um, and a lot of people think oh the Astros will have this in the bag I don't think so I think it's gonna be a lot more exciting than everybody thinks I don't think the Nationals are going to go cold. I think their arms are going to get a rest. And th- what the Nationals have been able to do is like is lean on their starting pitching, not have to pull bullpen games, and given giving them all this time to rest is exactly what they need. It's exactly what they need. Now, do I think it's going to be hard for these guys to hit against Verlander, Cole, and Granke, who looked a lot better last night? Absolutely. But if they can get to the bullpen, they've got a chance. And if they keep hitting like they've been hitting on two outs, they've got a chance. So Howie Kendrick was named the NLCS MVP. Now to me, I mean, it's not necessarily a no-brainer. I feel like you could give the MVP... To Scherzer, you could give the MVP to Strasburg. You could give the MVP to Trey Turner. You could give it to Anthony Rendon. You could give it to Adam Eaton. You could give it to Zimmerman. And that, I think, speaks to what the Nationals are doing. They're not relying on one single person to get everything done. This is how they capitalized on the Dodgers. And the Dodgers' offense essentially uh, consisting of Max Muncy... Followed by Justin Turner, and then at the end there, Kike Hernandez. Um, Howie went. Howie, who is thirty six years old, went five of fifteen with four RBI and four runs. His RBI single gave the Nats an insurance run in a two zero win over St. Louis in Game One, which was the only tight game this entire time. He also led the Nats offense in game three with three doubles, three doubles, not home runs, three doubles, which I said on uh, Twitter recently that, that an RBI double is a working class hit. And Howie Kendrick is absolutely proof of that. Three doubles, three RBI and two runs in an eight, one victory. This comes after Kendrick hit the go ahead grand slam in the 10th inning of Washington's seven, three comeback win over the Dodgers in the NLDS. Uh, it also comes after Kendrick's major base running blunders and major, uh, first base errors, which they've since moved Kendrick out of that first base spot back to his, I think, natural position of second base and things seem to have righted and they've just locked in, uh, Zimmerman at first and I think keep going with that, you know, um, And I don't need to tell Dave Martinez what to do. I would also say, uh, well, let's finish up on Kendrick and then we'll go on to to Dave Martinez. Uh, Kendrick is the third oldest player to win the NLCS MVP after Benito Santiago. Remember Benito? 37 years old in 2002. And Willie Stargell, 39 years old in 1979. Uh, I just finished reading a pretty great quick read piece on, on the Washington Post. Uh, why Nationals manager Dave Martinez never panicked? I mean, let's let's remind everybody that the Nationals started off their season at uh 19 and 31 in mid May. First of all, how is that possible to be 19 and 31 in mid May? That seems how did they play 50 games by? Does that even make sense? Anyway, that feels wrong. Hang on, <laughs> I'm doing research right now. Yeah, I guess so. That just feels like it doesn't work. Um, and then that has led me to uh, a piece on the post September 30th, 2019, uh, New York to New y- New Life: How a Humbling Sweep Set the National Straight. Humility is something that can really change anybody's life and it can clearly change a baseball team. And I think that that is something that the Dodgers have not been able to capitalize on. They have these tremendous record-breaking seasons and then even in 2017, 2018, 2017, when they went on that huge skid, it seemed to not really right the ship, you know, um, humility can really change the game. No pun intended, and and true and beginning to have an understanding of humility is a tough thing. You can't just go, "Oh, I'm humble." Literally saying I'm humble is not practicing humility. Um, and I just think whenever you say like I'm humble, I'm hum-, it, it doesn't. That's not how it works. And it seems to me that Dave Martinez, Davey e. Martinez. You know, I read this piece and it this this is how you win. This is how you change things. This is how you maintain. This is how you stay in the fight, which is their I didn't even mean to say that. That's the Nationals' like little hashtag thing. And it seems to be what they really believe. It's not just a little hashtag. It's actually like how they're playing baseball, which is they stay in the fight. Um, you know, he's a manager that that doesn't that that leaves the locker room that leaves the clubhouse to the veterans he he doesn't it, it it even says like that he doesn't give big meetings they had one meeting where everybody told each other what was going wrong and then they they just listened to each other and then they continued to listen to each other um i think you know player managers may or, uh, well that's i did that it's not what I mean. Player managers is a is an outdated thing which we unfortunately don't have anymore and I God God do I wish we could have a player manager back in the game again because I think I think it's just like a different kind of game and uh, but we have a lot of managers who used to be players and damn am I grateful for that. And look, Dave Roberts is a manager who used to be a player, but he's missing something. The clubhouse is missing something and I hope they can get it in the offseason. I hope, I hope they can find this humility in the offseason because it's, it's what's missing. You know, it's, I think when you're a big market team like the Dodgers or like the Yankees, um, you, you gotta have humility. You gotta look at these smaller market teams and go, what are they doing that we're not doing? These small market teams this year, and I mean, the Astros, I, I hesitate to call them a small market team because, They've got a lot of money behind them. I mean, they have a Halliburton sign in left field, and I mean the the Astros are not say Cleveland, and they're not Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay almost took them down. But the Astros figure out the game plan of the other team, and then they exploit that. But we'll get to that in a minute. So I highly recommend reading this piece. There's kind of a lot of stuff in here, and um here here's a quote from Dave Martinez. That, that relates to what I'm saying right now. Everyone keeps asking me why I didn't blow up on these guys, why I didn't get upset, why I didn't think about getting fired when a lot of people thought I should be. Martinez said in late September, that's because I've lived this. I've lived it so many times. And that is why, why being a player, it, blowing up on somebody doesn't work. These guys back here, they cured my heart, Martinez said on the victory stand Tuesday night, nodding to his club after it swept the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League Championship Series, not letting the crowd or cameras keep him from tearing up. My heart feels great right now. And to anybody that doesn't know, he was rushed to the hospital with a heart conditioner, condition, not conditioner, um, and had to have uh, catheters put put in. and like I mean I'm tearing up reading this now, you know? It's uh it's wild. It's it baseball is a wild ride and uh you know, it starts out with his quote uh from his mom. I'll say this often bumpy roads lead to beautiful places. And that's that's the best that's the best thing I could I mean, I couldn't say it better than him. They didn't win 106 games. They didn't cruise into the playoffs being seen as like The definite... They had no World Series odds in May. And now they're going to the World Series. So, you can't... Don't count yourself out. Don't count your friends out. Don't... Don't... Don't count yourself out. Don't give up before... Don't leave before it's over. You know? I didn't leave at that Dodger game before it was over. I wanted to real bad because it felt awful. But neither did the Nationals. I mean... I keep, you know, they keep playing it and I keep looking at it. You know, Michael A. Taylor made a diving catch in center field to make the last out in that game when they are I mean, to me, to me, sitting in the stands looking in the dugout, the Dodgers had given up. And Dave Martin or Dave Roberts was making decisions that made me think they gave up. But the Nationals did not give up even with a 3 with a 4-run lead. They did not give up. Michael A. Taylor made a diving catch in center field. And that, to me, is why they deserve to be in the World Series. And the Dodgers did not. They did not play like a team in that last game, like a team that was facing elimination. They they walked in as though they were like, oh, this is our last game. We got to play against these guys, and then we'll move on. And uh, that's not how you show up for life. So... Uh, bench Coach Brent wants to, me to ask, uh, answer if I'm surprised by the Nationals postseason run. I mean, I think I kind of answered that one. Did they have a shot in the World Series against either the Yankees or the Astros? I mean, the way the Yankees are playing right now, they definitely have a shot against the Yankees if the Yankees somehow pull this out. And I definitely think they have a shot against the Astros. I'll be pulling for them against the Astros, and I think if they can... I mean... There's something about the Nationals that they're, to me, they are playing above sign stealing. Now, I don't mean to say that they are above doing it. What I'm saying is they seem to be doing something above that, that they don't need to steal signs to win the game. But I don't know. I could be wrong. What they've got going for them is momentum and mojo. And a lot of people might say, well, Rhea, they've had a whole week off. They're going to lose their momentum. I don't think so. I think that all this time off is going to benefit them greatly because they're they've got three starters that are pitching very well. And they we haven't even seen Para playing. He's not a pitcher. We we haven't even seen that. You know, and I think Corbin on rest was a lot better. Pull him a little bit earlier. I mean, they've got Strasburg, Scherzer, Anibal Sanchez, okay, and Patrick Corbin. That's four starters that are pitching well. And They've got a 36-year-old winning their MVP. Ryan Zimmerman still hitting dingers. Adam Eaton working the count. I mean, Adam Eaton is hitting, what, third? And he has almost always at least a six-pitch at-bat. So he's working pitch counts up in front of Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto. And don't forget they've got Juan Soto. I don't know, I like their chances, and do I, am I like, oh, they're a lock for this? No. Do I think the World Series is going to go seven games? Absolutely. And I think they match up better against, like, for them, they match up better against the Yankees, but I do think they have a good chance against the Astros. So, speaking of the Yankees and the Astros, the ALCS recap. Now, bench coach Brett wrote me these notes yesterday, and obviously there was a game, and so the Houston Astros now lead the Yankees three to one, not two to one. Um, and they won last night eight to three, sparked by a George Springer three-run home run. I did not get to watch the game, and I only really caught up on the CC Sabathia injury, which was a sad yet poetic end to a wonderful and prolific baseball career big shout out to CC. He pitched for us in Cleveland for a long time and he wanted to leave it all out on the field and it looks like he did that. Uh, after a dominating Yankees win in game one, seven to nothing in Houston, The Astros took the next two games, now three games, behind stellar pitching performances from Justin Verlander with two earned runs, seven strikeouts in 6.2 innings of work in Game 2, and Garrett Cole, zero earned runs, seven strikeouts in seven innings in Game 3. And Cole had a commanding, like, just a commanding performance despite not pitching to his best. Now, if... Garrett Cole in game 3 is not his best. Holy shit, this dude is going to get paid. Also, just have to say the Yankees had an opportunity to get him from Pittsburgh. Uh, and they did not take it because they would have had to give up um Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier. And I mean, this is the this is these are the these are the gambles that we make in baseball because Miguel Andujar was playing really well. Who knew he was going to have of huge injury and who knew that Clint Frazier was going to be pretty awful in the field and that they were going to have an excess of outfielders in Aaron Hicks, Brett Gardner, Aaron judge, and somebody else. Um, they made their choice and they chose poorly, but what are you going to, they didn't know at the time. Um, I don't know. Granky's stat line from last night, but he pitched a lot better than he did in the, in the ALDS. Um, and the Astros are putting runs up and there's been a, a big controversy about the Astros stealing signs and it's it's pretty much I mean somebody said they're NASA over there and that's pretty true I and I've been outspoken against I tweeted something about stealing signs as a shitty way to win and I didn't say a specific team and somebody got mad at me and like I know the Yankees do it too and I know most teams do it but what I said was, it's a shitty way to win. And some some writer was talking about it being, um, you know, it's like an unspoken part of the game that there's a certain amount of signs you can see. Like, look, I'll put it this way. Many of you that listen regularly know that I play in a baseball league, and my former team, which is now an, like a new team, they won the World Series. They won the last game 9-3, to so congratulations to the Yips. Um... It would be very easy to steal signs in my baseball league. So easy. The entire game. In fact, I can see when I'm first base coaching, I can see the signs. When I'm on second base as a runner, I can see the signs. I could easily, we could easily steal signs. But would that feel good to do? Absolutely not. Now, is this major league baseball versus a rec league? Yeah, it is. But it's still the same, like, thread, you know, that, like, it just, it's not, I don't know, that's not the way, that's not the way I want my team to win, you know, like, some people feel like a win is a win, man, and I'm like, alright, but I just disagree, and I'm allowed to feel that way, I don't think, you know, this team is to blah 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 blah, but, like, I just think it's a it's an it's definitely an unfair advantage and I feel like I just look at I look at that happening and I think like it's just gross that there's like people being employed by a baseball team sitting and analyzing hours of tape to figure out what the other teams signs are it's just like you have a ta- you have what of the be- you have one of if not the best pitching staff in baseball and you have uh from top to bottom th- the best one of the best hitting if not the best hitting team in baseball like you don't need it just win on that you know that's what i don't that's that's what i don't like about it is like you're already good you're already good why do you have to do that the astros as and look maybe th- maybe they hit this well because they were stealing signs I don't know. But as a team in August of 2019, the Astros hit 300. And may- maybe they hit 300 because they were stealing signs. I-, I don't honestly know. But I feel like they, as a team, they could hit that well without stealing signs. So maybe do it. It just, to me, doesn't feel like as much. That, that to me, is like Wall Streeting baseball. You're cheating. It's insider trading. And we all know everybody does it. But isn't it better to do it not that way? I don't know. Feels like a better win to me. Um, and a rainout, postponed game four, which was moved to Thursday night. And like, I I just honestly like there. And there was that picture of uh, Josh Reddick catching the ball, and we've got the deadened ball, uh, conspiracy, which is true. And and there's just so much going on, and and it's pretty wild because. I feel like, uh, in, in terms of a, a postseason product, this one might be the least exciting in the past couple of years. Cause, like, in 2016, we had the Cubs, which is like a huge story, and nobody was really paying attention to Cleveland until it was the World Series. And, um, but then you had the two, the two teams with the longest droughts playing each other. And of course the Cubs were the bigger story of that even before they were winning. And, um, and then 2017, you've got the Astros, which, you know, they've never been and they're this young, exciting team. And then the Dodgers had this like magical season and it's the Dodgers and they have a big, you know, it's a big city and a lot of eyeballs. And then that series went to seven games. And then you've got. 2018 you've got the Boston Red Sox big baseball story big baseball eyes for that market and the East Coast and then you've got the Dodgers again and like can they redeem themselves no (laughs) and now like uh and and maybe I'm a little bit skewed because I live in LA and so the story being in LA maybe but it, it felt to me like those three got a lot of eyes I'm unsure of how many eyes a Houston Washington world series is going to get but it kind of doesn't matter um it's going to happen anyway but to me the, these series is collectively this postseason may not be exactly what executives and i mean tv executives and baseball executives want but what i think we've gotten is a bunch of series that are really good for baseball fans so, uh, you know, the series goes back to Houston, or do we have a game tonight in... Uh, I, wow, I, this is... this is I'm doing a great job. Um, game five tonight. Okay, so we've got one last game in New York, and it's wild that the Yankees have to... I mean, the Yankees got to win tonight. Every game's an elimination game now. That is the benefit to a 3-1 lead. Every game becomes an elimination game, and then it gets real exciting. I would love to see the Yankees make it exciting. I I really don't want to see the Yankees get essentially swept at home. I know this isn't a sweep because they took the first game, but losing three games in a row in Yankee Stadium is a sweep. And boy, the Yankees fans are not going to be happy if that happens. Um, I think the Yankees got to show up. They They didn't show up last night their bats are they're they're, they're dodging this series and they need to DJ LeMahieu is still hitting for contact and they need to hit for contact and not hit for home runs you know they got to play some small ball against the Astros and put the put the ball in play and put it where they're not this is these are the these are the keys to the series and who do I think wins the series i mean right now it looks like the Astros win the series But I would love to see the Yankees um, make it exciting. Um, So that's what's up. We'll see what happens tonight. Game five. We've got the back end of the rotation for both teams. We'll see how that goes. All right. So we've got one Rosenberg question, and it relates back to what I brought up from Gabe Real S. Hi Ria, big fan of the pod. Thanks Gabe. What do you think are the most important characteristics of a good manager these days and any thoughts on who should end up filling the big openings this offseason? Well, let's start with the second part first and the Angels have hired Joe Madden, and he already has referred to Mike Trout as Michael Trout and that is going to need to stop right now. Um, We have openings for the Mets, the Cubs, the Padres, the Royals, the Pirates, the Giants, and the Phillies. Joe Girardi is the big manager and I'd love to see where that guy goes. It would be interesting to see him. I mean, first of all, I think the Cubs would be idiots to not hire Joe Girardi. However, I think and I had a conversation with somebody via text about this. He thinks they're going to go Girardi. I think they're going to go with Dave Ross. This is what I think. Uh, Not because that's what I think is the right choice. That's what I think they're going to do. Um I think they do it because it's a great on-field product. It's a great package and it reminds everybody of 2016. Um, And I think the Phillies pick up Joe Girardi and that would be the best move for them and they might be able to use... And Hey, let me just take a minute to say happy birthday to Bryce Harper. (laughs) And I tweeted the other day like, wow, looks like the Nationals just had to dump some dead weight in right field and Brandon McCarthy got upset with me and was like, oh, he's the problem? And I was like, no. First of all... I am a comedian. Sometimes I have to make jokes. And sometimes jokes are at the expense of somebody that's making a lot of money playing a sport. I didn't say anything about, about his family. I didn't even really say anything bad about him. I just think he was some dead weight in that in that clubhouse. I think they've been able to play some lighter baseball. Whatever it was, I don't think there's any hard feelings. I don't think he's a bad baseball player. Sometimes the chemistry is off. And they changed the chemistry, and now they're going to the World Series. So that's it. That's all I mean. Sometimes you just got to move shit around. Change it up. Um, And like, look, I don't have any, I really don't have any uh, predictions for these other teams. This is way too many managers. I'm sure they'll hire a bunch of like front office guys or data-driven guys for most of these positions because they can probably get them for cheaper and it's where baseball's going. And that's my biggest, one of my biggest problems with baseball is the data as opposed to the on-field thing because that is to me uh, characteristics of a good manager these days is somebody that watches the game that's actually happening and I think Dave Martinez has been doing that not a ton of pinch hitting not a ton of this that not a ton of bullpenning and matchups and stuff he's watching what's going on in front of him and he's staying the course and he's letting his team dictate the game and I think that's a powerful thing I think that you gotta watch what's going on and you you got to you got to set a good lineup, you know? Uh I haven't been setting the lineups for my team and I it's something that I miss. And when I was playing for my previous team, I did it almost every week and we won a lot because we played well together and it was a good mixture. It there's chem it's chemistry, you know? Yeah, you have like essentially the same five people. But sometimes you got to move those five people around. I used to lead off because I would get on. I was an on base machine, and then I stopped hitting as good as I did, and and I've been hitting eighth and still not playing as good. So maybe I need the pressure of leading off again to get on base to make me go like you have to get on base right now. Who knows? Um, But that's what makes a good manager somebody that watches the game, that pays attention, that isn't. Looking at the iPad that isn't on the phone, that isn't on the watch, that isn't on this. Like, those are the things to me that make a good manager. You check in with your players, you let them run the show, and then you step in when needed. That's a good manager to me. So, I want to thank everybody that listens to this show every week. There's only so many games left in this season of men's baseball. It's real exciting. I am looking forward to the World Series. I, I like this Nationals team, and I will bandwagon. I'll get onto it. I'm not like gonna buy a jersey or whatever. Um, but I'm happy to see Sean Doolittle in the World Series, man. You know, I spent a lot of time on this show pointing out some negatives because I think it's a valuable thing to do. And I try to always, uh, balance the negatives with the positives. And I, I, there, it's a thing. I love baseball. And the reason I love it is because it makes me miserable. You know, and there, it makes me miserable for many reasons. And I think that, you know, it's important to look at what's going on, but I think it's also important to look at what's good in the game and like, Sean Doolittle is somebody that has a positive impact on the game in ways that we can't even really see. I also want to give a shout-out to D.C. Girls Baseball and Baseball for All, but specifically D.C. Girls Baseball because they're rooting for the Nationals, and it's so fun. There's I, I recently posted some pictures of them with Sean Doolittle and Patrick Corbin, and it's cool to see a team that cares. It's cool to see men playing baseball at a professional level taking the time to come and visit with some girls that play baseball because they're all baseball players. You know, it's cool, man. It's cool. And what Sean Doolittle and Aaron Dolan do for the LGBTQ community in D.C. and what they did in Oakland and what they do with baseball and outreach and what he does for Wounded Warriors and stuff, not necessarily that thing, but um, that campaign, but like reaching out to vets is important. It's important. It's important to see people doing that. And I want to take a moment. I think it was last season, but i think i want to take a moment to highlight trey turner's apology a specific line from his apology for the tweets that people found uh of his because it was during the like um josh hater stuff from the brewers when he had like the the sort of like faux irony white supremacy tweets and uh You know, people. It was it was difficult and sad to see how people were like cheering him on when he didn't really make an apology. He was just kind of like, "Oh, I was a kid and whatever." And I just want to take a second to just acknowledge that Trey Turner, his apology contained the line, "It's not when I made the statements; it that I. It's that I made them at all." And like that, to me, is an apology. That is. That is acknowledging what you did and not, like, playing it off, not giving an excuse, not whatever. And, like, he's still playing baseball, but I respect that. You know? I don't know what his views are. He may think that it's not okay for queers to get married or adopt kids or whatever. And, like, look, man, he's allowed to have that opinion. He's allowed to have that belief. But, like, he can have it on the inside of him and he can pray for us and he can do whatever he wants to do. I respect that. Because I have my belief system, and all I ask is that you respect mine, I'll respect yours. And you're not, you know, that's the difference. That's the difference between him and like Daniel Murphy is like he, he had a press, he cried and he apologized and he, he took responsibility for something that he did in the past that people found that there's a public record for, you know? He did that. So I respect it. Like, okay, you stay on your side of it, I'll stay on mine. And like, Go Nats or whatever. <laughs> so that's the pull quote. Go Nats or whatever. Um, I'm I'm just excited to see these guys hugging each other. It's fucking nice to see Max Scherzer excited in the dugout. Like, I said to somebody the other day, like, if Max Scherzer was playing 30 years ago, that kind of pitcher, that hurler who just, like, leaves it all on the mound, who throws his arm out every game, who eats a ham sandwich before a start... That kind of guy would not be jumping up and down and hugging people in the dugout. He would be stuck and silent, kind of like Strasburg. But they're even pulling Strasburg into it, and it's just nice to see. Like, I'm just gonna take a, sh- a moment to shout out, like, uh, fra- non-fragile masculinity, non-toxic masculinity. Those are these are men. These are dudes. These are guys. These are whatever you want to call them. Like huge jocks and they are hugging each other and they are crying and they are screaming in jubilation and I'm fucking here for it man I'm here for it dude I like it I like it a lot so as always uh, leave us a review rate subscribe tell a friend and if you liked it you liked it forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by Brett Boehm